think the, the, the weekend the Lehman Brothers went down, uh, we were all partying. We had really no idea uh, what would uh, transpire over the course of the weekend. We were just trying to have a good time, just taking shots and just being in uh, inappropriate places kind of thing, right? All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Breaking Barriers. This is our first one in the Freedom Tower. Uh, there's a lot of amazing things that are gonna come from this space. But on top of this being the first one in the Freedom Tower, this is the second one that my guy Jake Thomas is co-hosting. Yep. Welcome and thank you for being here, brother. Dude, 85th floor, top of the world. Seeing every cargo ship coming through. It's pretty wild. Cool. I mean, and you were, so wait, time about, you flew in from Miami yesterday? couple days ago. Okay, when did you fly? 24th. 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 Fly back uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. What time? What time? You like early, early bird? Yeah, of course. I love it. I love yeah. it. And so with us here today, this is somebody who you're never going to know. This is somebody who you're going to be curious about who this is, but they have some insane, insane experience and insight on the LIBOR scandal. Is that how you say it? LIBOR? Yeah, LIBOR. LIBOR scandal. Um, and I'm going to pass that over to him eventually. But so with being as cryptic as you can, obviously, Jake, you, you know, you found, you know, this guest, right? So what, what enticed you to say, damn, like this would be a good fit? Oh, he's got a cool life resume. Uh, it, I, that checks know, a box. Renaissance man is like kind of a common theme yes. with us, I think on the show, right? With yes. People of unconventional backgrounds and, and, seemingly uh you know besting adversity frequently well this guy's done that a lot right multi-national multicultural has done it on several continents now uh and it's been part of a lot of big parts of financial history you know some people right. would say it's infamy but for sure now it's funny like you know laughing about it calling it history because it has been you know almost 15 years since the 2008 right or which is wild to think 16, that that time has flown, flown by that quickly um and you know again big pivotal parts and other things uh, that he's been a part of right and i think it's cool for people to hear that to know that you know this guy breathes air just like everybody else he puts his pants on i think the same way as everybody else but <laughs> we can't be sure he's a pretty superhuman intellectual too you know yeah um, did a lot of things before he was 20 years old as far as uh, accolades and, and diplomas and then did a lot of things professionally since then right and he's a good he's a good tennis player too like i can say that Ooh, okay i like he that he might not say so but i know he is is that at the top of the resume you know i'm uh i'm okay i'm not, I'm not bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that kind of like golf where everyone's like i'm okay but like they'll kick your freaking ass he's pretty good and, and <laughs> we've we've definitely uh paid a few light bills to some of the more frequented watering holes in the city. I love back it. In the day. So yeah. there's some history. Yeah. I love it. So we're going to be respecting our guests' privacy, obviously. So we will not be, you know, sharing that. Also, additionally, for anybody who emails us, reaches out, asks us who it is, we will not be telling you. Yeah. No. Let's dive in. So first of all, we're here in New York. It's beautiful today, right? We have our guest here. So before we dive into the crazy, the craziness, I want to dive in a little bit and understand a little bit more of like, you know, how you got into financial. Like what, like what growing up made you say like, I want to be in that industry? Yeah. So I think a lot of people that are going through the industry, they have this idea that they want to become an investment banker or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, maybe it's a hedge fund or, uh, 
your quant uh, subject, right? A quant, uh, the QA, I guess we call it, quantitative analytics, yeah. because you're, you're an engineer, you're a math degree or something. My, my background is actually uh, a math graduate student, and I had no intention of going to finance, really. You know, mm. I, I was uh, pursuing a, a doctorate in pure math, of all things. It wasn't like applied math or statistics. So it really had nothing to do with, well, I shouldn't say nothing to do with finance, but very little to do with financial industry right. at, at, at large, right? And my professor happened to be a uh, someone who's well, well established in the financial uh, literature, and he uh, won several awards for it. And so he recommended that I that I uh, give it a shot because uh, I was really interested in, in gambling and sort of human behavior and putting a math, math uh, mathematical methods behind it, right? And so that's how I really got into it. And you know, at, at the time, I guess I felt a little bit like I'm selling out because my peers were going to become academics or you know going to work for national defense or that, that kind of that kind of work, and and I was going to what I guess business majors were going into or you know uh, people with uh, that wanted to come to New York City and have a good time and right. sort of do you know, have a, a career in finance, right? And so that's how I got into it. And uh, my first stick was in Tokyo, and. Uh, being a trader. So that's how I got into the business. Oh, wow. So, and full transparency, so it's, it's, it's interesting. So this is the first time we're doing this in the Freedom Tower, right? So we're literally lugging. We got Jake with, with two like suitcase looking things coming up the stairs. We got Ty with all his stuff on his back. I'm security dropping you guys off. Tight. Security Security's tight, tight in this building. Tyler yep. was like, wow, this is pretty intense security. I was like, well, if there's one building in the world where it's pretty tight, I'd say this it is better be it. Yeah, it better be know, this one. It was pretty buttoned up. And um, and so the setup and everything like that was uh, was obviously you know took some time. So in this podcast, um, we have gotten because in the building you have until seven p.m. and we are telling the line. So yeah. with that said, um, I want to dive into you know just your experience in that LIBOR scandal, right? Like. One of the things that's so interesting is like it's it's so rare, I think, for people to be able to communicate. Like the major popular people that you see that have been glamified, I guess I'll call it, is like you know the Jordan Belfort being the Wolf of Wall Street, having a movie about him, like you know that whole thing. But you never find out about the people who are just a part of you know who were a part of Stratton Oakmont, right? So it's so interesting to be able to have you know somebody here today who was you know a part of something without directly being a part of it and can kind of like live to tell the story, right? Yeah, yeah. So can you just give us like a, like a, you know, a high level of your experience? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't really think about uh, benchmark rates or interest rates at large, right? Because I think the thing that we, uh, that we uh, interact with as consumers on a daily basis is maybe things like mortgage rates, which you know, if you buy a house and get a, a, a mortgage, that's like once in a lifetime time. Maybe maybe twice, a uh, few, few more times here. For, you know, for most people, yeah, yes. Yeah, and so you, know, you don't really think about interest rates, really. And you know, these are sort of like fictional numbers that are floating on right. CNBC or you know, some, some news, uh, news, news television. But it's really uh, heavily uh, rooted in our everyday life, right? Because every time you make a transaction, and all these, uh, all these money flow, uh, uh, take place as a consequence of those benchmark rates. So for example, student loans and anything, I guess, uh, of, that involves lending and borrowing, mm -hmm. which makes this, this economy uh, uh, work, it's all based on interest rates, right? And so it's, it's, uh, it was a very big scandal, I think, uh, uh, for 
the people that have, I guess, a larger macro vision of what's going on, uh, right. especially in, in, on the economy level. And it's, uh, it had a very uh, huge impact because you could just move it with just few people uh, right. trading it in the marketplace, right? And right. so uh, I think the, the thing that was immoral or that was uh, illegal, I guess, right, it was that the fact that people were colluding together to, to move it, right? And so, so different uh, banks. Yes, yes. So it's, it's very, it's akin to uh, two uh, major players, uh, let's say, we're talking about Maker earlier, so you had two distributors uh, colluding together to sort of uh, squeeze out a price or maybe mm. uh, uh, constricting a, a supply channel to, to right. make something more expensive or to make something uh, less available, right? right. And so that's obviously uh, gouging and of sort, right? And that's, that's a huge impact, not only just to the the, the people directly involved in the transaction, but a bigger impact, uh, you know, a worldwide impact because US dollars are the reserve currency. So right. every transaction that's benchmarked to say, you know, auto loan or maybe, you know, uh, even interest rates, uh, uh, F, uh, currencies vis-a-vis -vis interest rates, that could have a very big impact too, right? And so that's, uh, uh, that's kind of, uh, I would say the bigger vision, you know, bigger uh, view of the Vlogwork scandal. Okay, so how did you get, so when you got served yeah what was your like you know what was coming down the pike at you what were you looking at how'd you feel you know were you surprised were you yeah. did you see it coming you know no i i i, I was i wasn't uh, uh very senior yet at that point and i was involved in the transactions but uh by the time it came down to me you know all my uh Managers and their managers had been, uh, I guess, served, right? And so uh, they'd be in a way and they couldn't, they weren't coming to work anymore. And we knew something was going down. And so uh, because there was so much dust by the time it got to me that it didn't feel as, I guess, scary, you know. Um, mm. And you've had some uh, time to prep for it or, you know, mentally or uh, to get legal, you know, assistance or whatever it might be by then. So. Yeah, it didn't feel as scary. So good, good thing you were at like a senior level at that sure, at that point, yeah. right? Imagine you senior level at that point. That'd be nuts. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> so you were so you started to tell us a little bit about like at that time, you know, you were on vacation at an event or whatever. Yeah. And you know, can you explain that a little bit? I thought that was so interesting. Sure. So I was just telling you guys, uh, yeah, we we were at a bachelor party in Shanghai of all places, uh, and I think the the, the weekend the Lehman Brothers went down, uh, we were all partying. We had. You really no idea uh, what would uh, transpire over the course of the weekend. We're just trying to have a good time, just taking shots and just being in uh, inappropriate places kind of thing, right? And uh, we all started getting calls from the from New York offices, and we had to fly back uh, on the next flight, basically, you know, and uh, because market was, was going to reopen on Sunday, which is very unconventional because uh, that's uh, to my to my knowledge never happened in the history of uh, financial uh, history, wow. and so. For you to be able to experience that, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's one. It's <laughs> a wild one. Nothing really traded in the marketplace, but uh, the FX box was open, interest rates the market was open, and it's, uh, uh, I'm sure to, even if you could experience the whole financial history uh, as a person, that probably would, would be uh, top three, maybe top you know, number one experience uh, to see the market moving that way. What was the, uh, what was that flight like? I mean, like, did y'all all fly together back home? We did because, you know, there weren't that many flights at the time. And, you know, this is back in uh, 14 years ago, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Almost 14 years ago now. So we didn't really have, like you guys were saying, there, I don't think that there was any Wi-Fi uh, available 
on uh, while you were in the air. So you were disconnected. Your Blackberries won't you know weren't getting reception, and you couldn't really pay the way you can do now to get uh, a network or you know Wi-Fi to message or to get data. So you know we we, we were in the dark, right? And when we left, we were, we were obviously checking the uh, whatever we could uh, in terms of market data, like uh, Middle East rates, uh, Middle East currencies because they were still ticking. There was no Bitcoin at the time, so. Not no, yet. That was, not yet. But I guess it was. Four, about four months out, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, since there was no, it wasn't taking in the market the way you could see it. So we, we had no idea, right? And yeah, it was, uh, you know, maybe it was more shock. It was just shock more than scared. Uh, right. You know, uh, on that flight. And we didn't really know what to expect. And this is a, a it's a very uh, important feature of people in, in capital markets and traders and salespeople. It's it's really, uh, when you when something strikes you, it's, uh, uh, fight or flight, you yep. know, and I'm sure you guys are uh, very aware, well aware of the, the, the feeling. And we were definitely in the sort of uh, 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 flight, sort of frozen, and uh, in, uh, in light of that news. Right? Shoot your so, pants so, mode. Yeah, yeah. But but one of the things though too, I just want to paint the picture because like literally like it's funny how when you're in the middle of making history, it seems ordinary. Or even when you're in the middle of just history in general, whether it's a good or bad history, it doesn't seem like it's anything crazy. It's only until after, in retrospect, when you connect the dots. Like, whoa. But you mentioned to us that, like, you were on the flight, no Wi Fi on the flight, it's Blackberry time. Like, this is like, what, do, you, do you remember what Blackberry that you had at that moment? Uh, you know, it was one of those, uh, oh, gosh. They yeah, have the, the ball, thing. the ball. Yeah. yeah. So, we're, so we're at that phase. Yeah. We, we, Everybody drink that in for a second. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even, even the, the rolly ones. It was just the, the, the scroll. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about? directional. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah, not yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah, not 360. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, so, and, and just keep in mind, though, so 2008, when this was happening, we all have to remember, for people listening in, there's, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, here that are listening to like 22, 23. Again, like, Ty, how old are you? 26. Right. So, like, the iPhone came out in 2004, just for perspective, right? So this is only four years later that, like, this happened, right? Mm-hmm. And for most people who can't digest the thought of a world without an iPhone, <laughs> like this is that this is around that era that, that was that, just starting. That had to have been a long flight. That I mean, right? Were you just like, you know, tormented in your head about like? Yeah, you know, I think it would be way worse had I been alone, but because it was uh, uh, with my peers, and maybe it was better that I was with my peers as opposed to my uh, coworkers, you know, because. You couldn't really talk about it, uh, and so. But yes, uh, they're not comrades, I guess. But they were uh, in the in the trenches with you, right? right. They were going to face the exact same market prices uh, when we walked in, and so that sort of soothed the. I wouldn't say pain, but uh, the shock, I guess, right? Because we're, and we had just been partying a lot. Maybe, maybe it was just being hung over at some point, dehydrated and sleep deprived. But it certainly felt. Uh, I'm sure it would have even felt. Uh, uh, Harder if we're if I were alone. How long had you been with Lehman at this point? Uh, a few years now. Yeah. So you definitely have some salt. Like you've you've taken sure. some scalps and like yeah. you've earned you've earned your keep at this yeah. point. So it was definitely affected. You were definitely affected. Yeah. And in and certainly involved and knew what was going on. It wasn't just like oh we kind of got to go home. It's like this is my career. Oh, it's, yeah. This is my livelihood. This is more than that because you knew how much more interest you had in that as far as in personally in understanding you know the world and global markets macro micro however you want to say like knowing how affecting this is going to be to the rest of the world 
Yeah, it's it's hard to say always, you know, just just like the way it was with uh, our recent, you know, 2020 pandemic, that the way asset prices move don't necessarily have to make sense. But then it sounds like there's a, a fair value, let's say S&P uh, 2500 that has to stop there. Right? There's no, there's no uh, such thing. And so it's, uh, uh, it's a tendency in the marketplace. And this is why I got into financial you know, uh, industry, because I think it's interesting that there are people, uh, the, the, the components that move the market prices are people, right? It's, it's always uh, controlled by fear and greed. And that's what makes it so interesting you know, about and beyond, say, you know, particle physics or theoretical mathematics. Wait, can you say it one more time for people listening in, though? I think that's such yeah. a powerful line. Yeah, so, you know, I was saying because it's what made me, what makes it markets really interesting is because it, the, the factors that go into deciding and buying and selling, which then move the price, are uh, human human behavior and human psychology and right. fear and greed, you know, above all, right? And so that's that's it's asset prices are interesting in that way. In that you know, all prices went negative, which how is that even possible, right? It doesn't really compute, right? But it, it went there, stayed there for a long time. It wasn't just one future contract; it was a bunch of you know, series of uh, future contracts that were, that were um, negative trading at negative right. prices. Negative Maybe. interest rates, same thing. How is that possible? Yes. So I give you money and you somehow <laughs> the, the direction of the right, interest right. rates seem to be right. How is that possible? Opposite, right? So you're going to pay me to take yeah. your money. Yeah. Because you want it loaned out that bad. No. And that has persisted for a long time in, you know, in Switzerland right. for a long time before before the global interest rates went negative, uh, you know, Swiss rates were negative, uh, not just for one day, you know, uh, or, I mean, the maturity of the loan, right? Uh, so not an overnight loan, but even out to three, four year of loan, they were negative, which, How's, how is that even possible, right? But, right. So, so there, there are a lot of things that uh, don't seem to quite make sense. And that is a consequence of, you know, uh, the fabric of culture, uh, people's psych psychology and you know, that's the reason why we, we actually have people like uh, sociologists, uh, anthropologists, mm -hmm. historians even, and you know, uh, people like that to, to not necessarily tell us what to do in terms of, say, do we buy or sell Apple stock, but to, to try to de determine you know, uh, what does this mean in the context of, uh, larger context of people's understanding of what, you know, what it is that they're doing. But what blows my mind there is when you think about even home prices right now, right? Like, even like by us, by like the beach, like there's a ranch by me, which is a one-level house, for people who don't know. And my neighbor bought that ranch, uh, let's call it for like three something. Just sold it close to like 650. There's nothing special about it, right? But when you think about what you just said, it's like fear, greed, urgency, like the culture, uh, the fabric of culture, right? It's like the person that moved down the block from me who bought that house, was a New Yorker during the pandemic that just didn't didn't give a shit, just bought it. That's your price, okay? I'll buy it. I just wanna, I just need to, you know, at the time move away from the city. But when you think about that, that blows my mind because then you put that. So that's just a home. It's, it's some wood, some grass. You know, it's a shelter, which is important. But it's crazy over time how like an asset even like that, like appreciates Appreciate. so much, but based off of what. When you really think about it, like how can it increase? It's still earth and it's still just material. That it's always been, yeah. right? So like that's why that blew my mind when you just said that because that's what it actually is. There's a uh, property I'm, I'm trying to list right now in Miami. It's a, a four bedroom, three uh, bath in Miami, a, that's a big... Miami Beach. Yeah, like 2,000, 2,200 square feet, something like that. 
uh, purchased in the, the early 90s by a friend of mine for like two, less than 300, more than, I think 225, maybe, maybe around 250, I believe. Now, fair market value, uh, fair market value for that is probably like 2.65. Talk about and just to think like that's yeah. crazy. Talk about ROI. Yeah, like not even <laughs> not even renovated, not even you know refinished or otherwise, but yeah. just how much it's appreciated based on the demand of yeah. you know yeah. popularity. Yeah. What you it's do, man? Yeah. Like what? That so that happens. You show up. You know what what takes place and how did you get you know? Actually, and also to that though, I just want to. You said this before we started recording. When you were like, what was it like? Like, did you walk in and see papers everywhere, empty desks? Like, yeah. I kind of want to give the audience that. Like, what was the, like, yeah. walking back in for the first time, I guess, or whatever? To clear at your desk. You, you, or, you yeah. land stateside, you're there. You know, maybe I guess the, it's exactly like the way you would imagine an, uh, anarchy to be papers in thrown popular everywhere. cultures, right? Like, you know, the way you saw it in a variety of uh, uh, movies that feature the, the fall of uh, this institution. and. It was, you know, really, it wasn't far from that, right? Often you see that the Hollywood uh, version of uh, what uh, anything really is, is uh, overly dramatic or, you know, uh, bastardized in, in a certain sense, but this one is probably comes fairly close to what was actually going on, you know, just uh, maybe people didn't take uh, spray paint and, you know, wrote stupid things, but I, I, we did see some, you know, some uh, lewd comments about the CEO and that sort of things, certainly, uh, Maybe it was a which comes with the nature. So, sure. So you know, it's 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 pretty. Uh, I would say not inaccurate. You know, in that there were uh, some some little vandalism and and yeah, it was just I guess a little bit like the pandemic where people were just grabbing stuff and just running out. Yes. And then the next day, were you you know on jobs.com or like proverbially <laughs> or literally? You know At that I mean? time, that was when monster.com was like a yeah. <laughs> dude. Massive, that was when right? monster. I mean, were, you, were you out on Wall Street with the hire me or? Uh, you know, I, I think I was drinking. <laughs> and also, you got to imagine it's got to be tough having Lehman on your resume at that time. Yeah, uh, especially because you, uh, as an X-ray trainer, you know, you were uh, in the middle of it, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's actually interesting because it's it's such a, a an incestuous market, right. labor market, or I guess the, the human human capital market in in, in straight trading. Uh, is very incestuous, and so it wasn't very. Uh, I would say it wasn't hard. It's just that I think it was. It, it, it was easier than finding a similar job in a different uh, industry, or yeah, or in a different uh, peer group, a different, right. different bank, because right. because of that fact, right? Got so, uh, and also you yeah. weren't senior level then, though, too, because like if he was a little bit higher, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're, if you're, it might have been like he knew yeah. what the fuck was happening. Yeah, yeah. if you're. Uh, uh, Senior department manager or something like that, something like that. Then I think certainly it would have been hard for you to. Mm. You probably didn't actually get a job ever again. But right. you know what? They they did very well, and so unless you sort of uh, were stupid with the, the money <coughs> you earned, you right. probably made that okay. Right? Got so, it. Yeah. A lot of Wall Street dudes that I knew, that like I have a couple of Wall Street clients that like have not been in Wall Street since like the eighties, yeah. nineties, but like made multi multi millions back in the day, mm. and like some of them don't have. A dime left of it because yeah. when they were doing it, they were just it was pouring on them. So like they would go out, they buy yachts, they buy mansions, they buy all these different things, all, and boom, because they it was like when you're making money like that, you think it's never going to stop. Yeah, yeah. it's hard, right? Yeah, the financial literacy uh, is even the people that are quote, quote unquote supposed to be the expert, right? That even evades them even, right? So I think it's 
it's important to really understand cash flow. Uh, you know, I don't mean in, you know, in Excel sheet or like modeling or anything like right. that. Just, just the pure just sense of how much accounting. Yeah, yeah, how much you're earning, uh, what's your monthly take, take home income, income what are your liabilities, you know, uh, DTI and things like that. And I, it's it's really not that hard, right? It's just have to look at your you know your bank statement. Yeah. And, but no one really teaches you these kind of things, which is kind of crazy. They don't. It's right from a, yeah. what's his name, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, um, yeah. That's we were talking about that in the car, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kiyosaki, yeah. man. Like that's yeah. right. You know, I think he's uh, he can be controversial in, in some of the points that he makes, but you know, I think overall, right, what he says is absolutely true. You know, no yeah. one teaches you how to manage your money or how right. to take, take you know, use benefits. Make sure you get all the benefits that the world offers in terms of. Even, it could be even things like credit card, you know, a mileage offer or something like that, right? If you have a right. strong uh, credit history, you can get an annex, uh, some, some part without, you know, getting into sponsorships and things like that. You could get 50K or 75K of miles and right. that could be like a, a grant to a grant of worth of uh, a flight, of, yeah, yeah. Trip. which is, I mean, it's not a lot of money maybe, but it helps you out, right? You can buy. It's something. Yeah. So things like that, I think it's, it's hard to, uh, it's, I don't know why that's not a part of the curriculum, you know, in high school and things like that, where not, not just business or you know, how to do, you know, salesmanship of that sort, but just really figuring out, you know, making sure that, you know, understanding how much money you're spending on credit card or how much you know, debt you have or, you know, uh, what it is that you can afford, right? Those, uh, oh, I'm spending X percent of my income to, to, to rent. I can't go over this or, you know, what makes sense for me in terms of you know, my future, uh, which maybe, granted, that's a, that's a hard thing to, to gauge, right? But, right. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think that's a great way to end it. You it know, is. one of the brilliant minds in the world of finance, finance, it's a fancy word. I like it. Talking about how there's a lack thereof this curriculum in our schools. Why is that? Even is in it, households. Is it because people are easy, more easily controlled because when they're dumb? They're more easily controlled when they're unhealthy? They're more valuable when they're unhealthy? I don't know. Am I stirring a pot saying that? Maybe. <laughs> but Right. And it's household though too. But dude, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. On this podcast, we believe time is the one asset, speaking of some assets, that you don't get back. So you spending it here with us means the world. Thank you for having me. Um, from the top of the world. From the top of the world. Um, and a quick fun fact, I shared this with uh, Ty in the car on the way here. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but so obviously the country declaration signed 1776. The exact height of this building is 1776 for exact intention. And most people don't know that, but that was built to that, that spec because of that reason. So at the top of the world, thank you for listening in. Um, we're going to have to do a part two because I want to go a little bit deeper into some financial literacy stuff. Um, but this wraps up for part one. Everybody out there, create an amazing day. You're in charge of your life. Make it happen. Boom. Dude, good stuff. Good stuff.